podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hi there and welcome to everybody watching live on the This Is Ibrooks Network. Um, it's the Wednesday warm-up. Uh, with myself, Kyle McLean, as always. Uh, I've got a couple of fantastic guests on with me today. Uh, first of all, we've got Gus. How are you doing today, Gus? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you, Kyle. It's good to be back for the new season. That's it. And uh, as as we were just talking about before we came on there, Ben obviously never got the memo to get to get the new um, away kit on. Um, how, how are you doing today, Ben? I'm doing good, yeah. I'm glad to glad to be back on, same as Gus, for the, for the start of the season. Yeah, and uh, and uh, just a special shout out to yourself from all the podcasters at this is Ibrooks. Just congratulations on the on the the birth of your daughter. You are looking well, all things considering. Uh, thank you very much. I look well for having given birth a week ago, don't I? Yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. Did she have more hair than you? Yes or no? That's the question that we're all dying to know. That's not difficult, in fairness, but yes, she's a full head of hair, actually. Fantastic, fantastic, man. Right, uh, as always, look, uh, we've got loads of stuff to talk about. Um, there was a bit of news over the last couple of days that gathered pace. I wasn't sure how much I believed it, but um, Rangers announced today they have re-signed Leon Balogun. We will get the guys' thoughts on that. One of these ones that certainly split the support, so let us know your, your thoughts in the comments, guys, on, on that one. Um, we have got, we'll just have a general defence and uh, a chat on how the defence is, is shaping up for next season. It's, it's a very, very defence-central um, show, this. Uh, we have got um, chat of, of another centre-half still joining this summer. We'll get the guys' thoughts on Big John Suter, seeing if he will be a starter next year at Rangers. Um, got the, I, I don't know if you got, you, I know you guys have seen the Dujon Sterling presser there. Uh, I thought there was some really, really interesting stuff in that. So we'll, we'll dig into his comments. We'll discuss what I love calling the Dessers presser. And I hope he does many more of those. Um, and we'll get the guys' thoughts and, and all the, the latest jazz surrounding um, Danilo and social media. And, and there might even be a wee bit of time to, to discuss Michael Beale's interview on RTV there as well. But as always, we'll start the Wednesday warm up with a wee on this day. Uh, even though it's the 12th today, we'll go back on the 11th of July. We'll start with you first of all, Ben, but Rangers signed Lee McCulloch for um, £2.2 million from Wigan. Went on to play 209 times for Rangers, scoring 52 goals, so a goal every four games, which is a lot higher than I thought it was. Uh, he's had quite the array of trophies at Rangers, three Scottish Premier Leagues, one Scottish League One, one Scottish Third Division, two Scottish Cups and three Scottish League Cups. How do you remember Lee McCulloch's time at, at Rangers, Ben? I well, first of all, when you were telling me we're doing an on this day on the twelfth of July, I was a wee bit worried about what you're going to come up with. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with I'll go with Lee McCulloch happily. Um, but yeah, no, he's a winner, as what I remember him as at Rangers and and, and leader. You know, um, he's a player that I remember. I, th- I think if I remember rightly, we tried to get him a couple of times um, in the January, and then ended up getting him in the summer, as far as I know. Um, but yeah, he's good, versatile. Um, player you know added a lot of a lot of experience to the squad um and i think we probably got well in my opinion i think we got more out of him than we expected us to do uh when, when we first brought him in yeah and and obviously i think it, it's really important that obviously that that that, that uh, time in, in rangers history in 2012 he was one of the guys that, that stuck around and he'll forever be remembered for that ben 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I should have said that really, but um, no, absolutely. And it's, it's possibly somebody that you could see having a role at the club again in the future in some capacity. Um, you know, he showed us loyalty. Um, he gets what the club is. I know that's a cliche, but but he, he really does. Um, and he's the type that you'd want your sort of your younger players to to be learning about or some of the foreign players to be learning from, you know, about, about, the, about the league, about Rangers. Yeah, totally agree with what you've said there. I think he is a guy that we will certainly maybe see someday back um back at the club in a in a coaching capacity. And I I know seeing his face on the or, or more 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 appropriately seeing his teeth sitting on the on the bench um, for for Hearts over the last um, couple of seasons. Um, Stephen Forsyth here pops up and says that Heather v Leon. Funnily enough, I think that's the second Wednesday in a row where I've been on where we've talked about that that game v v Leon. Um, right, Gus, this one for yourself. Maybe not. I, I never thought I would say this. It's certainly not as glamorous as, as Lee McCulloch, this one. But um, just on this day, on the 12th of July, Rangers signed Rabi Matondo from Schalke 04 from a, for around £3 million. Pounds. He's been at Rangers for one season. Uh, when we were sort of discussing this in the, in the group chat earlier on, I, was, I, I found it really hard to sort of pick out any, you know, memorable moments in his Rangers career so far. Um, but... Just what have you made of Rabi Matondo? Had a okay end to the season, um, and yeah, do you think he's he's got a place in the squad and the team next year? Well, I think you are right there. He's he has been very inconsistent. I mean, I can think of some glimpses that he's shown. Um, I think back to Hearts away. I think we beat him four nil when he set up Cholak for. I think it was the second goal. He beat like two or three men and then played them in. Yeah. Uh, St Johnson at home, he got two assists, um, and then I he did have that injury, mysterious injury. We don't really know what it was, but he was missing from about January to April, um, and then he got a fair amount of game time at the end of the season. Uh, but by that time, we weren't really playing with wingers, so it didn't really suit him playing in the kind of split striker role. Um, and I, I just, I, he's one of these players that I think he needs space, like a lot of space to run into, but. You're not going to get that in Scotland, especially domestically. Um, in terms of his place in the squad, I think it could be could be a useful kind of squad player for next season, especially in European games where there is that space, maybe even games at Celtic Park. Um, but it, you know, he's got he's got a contract until twenty twenty six. He's still only twenty two. If a club from say the Championship comes in with about the same amount of money, two or three million. Um, I think he would be away, yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's fair comment. I think at the, at the time, I was not convinced on this signing, and I'm still to be convinced, to be honest with you. Um, I, I felt that, why are Schalke signing a guy for, for £12 million a couple of years ago, and then they're willing to let him go for, for about a, a quarter of the value? A couple of comments here. James Quinn really telling us what he thinks about Matondo, says Matondo must go, and... Um, Hugo Bear here says, given money paid and transferring wages, Matondo looks poor value. And, you know, really, really hard to, to disagree with, with either of those comments there. But listen, if he has to have a, a career in, in a future at Rangers, let, let's hope it's a good one. Um, right, we'll get into it. I think there's only one place to um, to start today. We'll begin with, um, I was going to say it's a welcome news, but as per it's, it's split the Rangers supporters um, right down the middle here. Uh, but Rangers announced that they've made their seventh signing of the summer. I cannot believe that I'm saying that we've already, I mean, it's the 12th of July and we've made seven signings already. I, I, 
I can't quite remember a summer like it. Um, but we fight, signed former JR uh, Leon Balogun. Leon Balogun on rejoining the club, he said, I'm just excited to be uh, to be back, to be honest. It's a bit unreal, but it's very real. So I am really, just really, really happy to be back at Rangers. It feels like coming home. Since I have left, I've always felt a lot of appreciation and love from my friends I've made in Glasgow and around the club. And now that I'm back, it's a nice, it's nice to say the least. I know second is no option. I know what people are going to say very quickly if we are not performing. So it is time to get to work, put on, put our best foot forward and make sure we get the results that we need. Ben, I'm going to start with, with you in this one. It's a really straightforward simple question what what do you make of this this signing as i said it, it's really really split split the support what what side do you lie on do you lie on that this is a good signing for for cover or do you look do you see it as why we bringing back a guy that was surplus to requirements uh, I, I, just a year ago well my initial my initial when this was sort of rumored my initial opinion was i'm initial my, my opinion is that he was released at the right time um and i wouldn't have brought him back I can understand the circumstances with, with Leon King and things. I can understand that it makes sense and why, why we've done it. Um, but and it's, it's, it's a no-brainer in terms of we need somebody that it's, we're not bringing them in to be a starter. We're not bringing them in to be playing. If we were bringing them in to be, you know, even third choice, I alarm bells would really be ringing. The fact that he's a fourth, it makes me think of a Gareth McCauley type signing from a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um there is logic to it. He knows the club. Uh, he knows the manager. He can be relied upon. Um, but it's not just him in isolation. It's a fact. It, you know, if he was a fourth choice, and you've got you've got three defenders ahead of him that aren't necessarily going to be injury prone or out of form or question marks about about Ben Davis and stuff, then then I could sort of understand it a wee bit more. But the fact that Golson's had his worst injury hit season, you've got John Suter who's who's looking great, but you know. We're all waiting for that next injury, really. Um, and then Ben Davies, which were we all the all the indications were that he wasn't um, he wasn't wanted at the club, and, and we don't know did did he want to stay? Um, I might that might not be true. Um, he may be happy. Uh, the club might have always wanted to keep him, but it kind of it does. It's 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 concerning. It's a concerning position now more than than it, than it would have been. And and you know, should it be that the injury of a fourth choice? young player unproven really still should really throw the club into this much sort of not disarray maybe a bit drastic a word but um it certainly has has showed us to be weaker there than than maybe we kind of first thought everybody's worried about the strikers but it, it, it it's a problem yes totally agree with you there ben i'm going to stick with you just just in this one while you're talking about Balogun there. Um, I've seen one school of thought uh, on social media that says the name Lewis Mayo has been mentioned a lot. Obviously, you know, he was on loan at Kilmarnock last year. A lot of people are saying, why don't we just integrate Mayo into the squad and, and just have him step up? Um, what's your thoughts on that? Haven't seen a lot of him, but the, all the indications I've had are that he's probably not going to make the grade. Um, and at the end of the day, I would I would probably rather go with an experienced player like Liam Balogun who's been there and done it for us than than a young player who it's it's okay if it's a young player like Leon King who we really have high hopes for. Um but if it's a player that realistically isn't going to be a Rangers player, then it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Um because you, you get into a situation, hopefully we don't, but you get into a situation where you have a couple of injuries and you know, it's bad enough having Leon King playing in the Champions League, but can you imagine Lewis Mayo playing in the Champions League this season? Yeah, that's that's very true. Don't don't 
don't get me a PTSD on that again. Um, Blue Nose John here says, good evening, Kyle, Gus and Ben. Don't worry, we'll, we'll forgive you for being a wee bit late for, for watching you use that. That's fair enough, but I just want to give you a wee shout out there, John. Um, look, Gus, there's plenty of comments coming in about it. Stephen Selman here says, should never have been let go in the first place. Um, RFC72 says, it's smart business, will be very cheap, and he's back up and he's the backup's backup. That's almost like the Todd Cantwell's the assister of the assists um, part of there, but rather Falcon at centre-half then if he likes the then the likes of Lundstrom and Sands again. Kyle1872, and, and I promise you this isn't my burner account, sentimentality signing, not good enough to be kept last year, panic signing this year, and Barney... Um, that's a fantastic picture of your dog there, Barney. Um, he says Balogun is here to help out. Um, the, the manager said about Leon Balogun's return, um, Gus, he said, Leon is a person that I have full trust in both as a footballer and a man. He's extremely well liked by everyone inside the club and we are very happy to have someone with his experience and leadership qualities rejoining our squad. Naturally, he will integrate back into the club very quickly and he understands fully our way of working and our style of play. As a free agent, we were able to move very quickly so that he could join us here in Germany. It was really nice to see the reception he received from the players and the staff joining us here at the camp. Where do you sit in it all? Good signing, bad signing? Well, as you've just said there, I can I can see why he's been brought in. Um, it's, obviously, it's the third time he's worked with Michael Beale. He knows the club. He loves the club, which is even better. Um, and he does bring that experience, but in terms of my, my own personal opinion, um, I just find it a bit uninspiring, if I'm being honest. Um, you know, he's he's 35, he's injury prone. Like Last season at QPR, he only managed 16 appearances, just over a thousand minutes. Um, so even in that um, support centre-half role, is he going to be ready? Is he going to be available to come in? We don't really know. Um, you know, he hasn't managed over 20 games in a season since 2015-16, which I think's quite mental. Um, but, you know, even when he was here before, he wasn't a guaranteed starter every week either. Um, but, yeah, I mean, once we know more about what the squad's going to look like next season, you know, who's coming in and who's leaving, I might be okay with it, um, especially if, if we keep someone like Ben Davis. But, if Ben Davis leaves and we only bring in one other centre-back, uh, then I, I would be concerned. Aye. Yeah, again, lots of comments. Darren Alley here says, love Big Balogun, but he hardly kicked the ball last season for QPR with injury, which basically you know, says what you were saying there. Gus, another centre-back still needed for me. Um, Callum Beattie here says, Balogun is experienced and strong, good in the air, especially in the opponent's box. Cheap and he'll do a job and he knows how lucky he is to be back. That's, that's the thing about it. I think that <laughs> nailing my colours to the mast, I think I'm. I think this is a good signing. I, I'll say it. Um, in terms of, think how difficult it is to get people in. He's a guy that I'm sure he just had. Well, you saw in his, his interview, he said he, he didn't actually believe it was it was real at first, and then he had to sleep on it and go back the next day. I, I'm with with you, Ben, and I, and I'll be keen to get Gussie's thoughts on this as well. But I just, I, I don't want us playing in the Champions League if, if we get there with, with Sands and um, Leon King. You know, as, as, as hard as they tried, they were not up to that standard or that level. But it's do you think it's an experience like that, Gus, that's not, not scared the management team, but just said we should probably have some cover just in case? 
No, I do understand that. I, we definitely want to avoid the centre-back crisis that we had last year. I'd like to avoid seeing John Lundstrom at centre-back at all costs, I think. <laughs> um, and, you know, I would have rather had Balogun instead of them. Um, I'm of the opinion that he probably shouldn't have left last year, but I also think that we shouldn't be bringing him back now. I think you can believe both those things. Well, I certainly do anyway. Um, but, yeah, I do, I do understand it, but I just, I think... It would take a bit of time for me to kind of uh, warm up to it, I think. Yeah, no, that, just, that's... On you go, Ben. Sorry, it just concerns me a wee bit in terms of... I understand we needed someone in quick and he's available and he wanted to be here. But in terms of... It, it concerns me in terms of the recruitment. You know, had we no list there that, that we could have gone and got someone or even... I know we don't like bringing in people on loan, um, but would there not be somebody, a younger centre half, we could bring on loan with a view to sign in next summer as a more permanent and it's more stability for the club long term, um, rather than just go into that. I mean, we've been ruthless lately. We've we've, we've got rid of you know like Sarfield and things who who questionably could have got another contract. We've been ruthless, so we've showed the club wants to move on from these players and move on from fifty five, and now we're going back to it. I know I understand circumstances sort of dictated a little bit, but but still. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Kyle 1872 here again says with you exactly where's this list of players we keep apparently. Like I said, I, I totally, totally get that point. In terms of the seven signings that we've made so far, he's probably the most uninspiring, but I think we've done it out of necessity and, and ease. And and we've all we're about to come on to talk about Leon King and, and what's happened there. But for me, I think that the fact that Leon King's obviously had this injury, when did we get in Germany Monday? And we've already sorted out cover for him. That's the, the sort of take that, that I have on it. Look, Ben, we've just talked about um, Leon King there. Um, Rangers in their official Twitter said, Rangers can confirm defender Leon King suffered a contact injury to his ankle at the club's pre-season training camp in Germany on Monday, which will rule him out for a significant period of time. Leon is being looked after by the club's medical staff and a further update will follow in due course. Everyone at the club wishes Leon a speedy recovery, as I'm sure all the supporters do um, that are watching this. Um, how big a blow is it to, to Rangers to... To, to have a have an injury. And I mean, reading between the lines in terms of, you know, Beale's interview, which we'll come on to later, and, and this statement about it being an impact injury, I think we can assume it's it's a, a maybe a break, maybe a dislocation, but it, it certainly sounds like a, a serious injury that he will be out for with us for a significant amount of time. Will this impact Rangers greatly? And and just from a personal point of view, how sad are you to see a, a young player getting a really bad injury like this at quite a critical time in his development. Yeah, I mean, I'm gutted for I'm gutted for him. Firstly, you know, um, he, I think he he did relatively well given being you know rabbit thrown in the headlights last last year. Um, and you know, he was only going to grow from that experience. And to, to to now lose, you know, to be out for a considerable amount of time, and it was concerning to hear Michael Bale even in his interview using the word potential break. Um, you know, so it, it, it could be quite a while. I think, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference now in terms of, I think Leon Balogun and Leon King, I think obviously there, there's there's more legs and stuff in King, but I think he can, Leon Balogun as a player, if fit and available, will be able to cover that role, but it's if fit and available is the, is the issue. Um, so I don't think in the immediate is, is going to be our our, our it's going to, I don't think it's going to hurt us massively in the immediate. It's not like he's a starting player. It's not like he was even going to be, uh, you know, your third choice. Um, but 
I think it's in terms of his development that it could hurt. It could hurt him, which could hurt us. Um, I know that they're being talked about interest in him. You know, with, with, with us always talking about the you know the player trading model. Um, so that this could be. It's certainly going to hurt his development. He's not going to be training. He's not going to be playing football. Um, whether his development, there, there was there was many that would say that he'd be better developed by going out on loan this season. You know, so it's 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 cutting it's cutting his options of playing football. Whether that is with us, whether that's training with us, or whether that's out on loan. So I think it's more in the long term in terms of will it will it affect him as a player. Hopefully, hopefully not, and hopefully it's just something that you know injuries happen and it'll come back stronger from it. Um, but. But yeah, I'm you know I'm just I'm disappointed for him. That's it. That's it exactly. I think the one thing we can we can say about it at least, if he were getting treatment, and I'm sure if it, if if it is as bad as we we all fear it is before it's officially confirmed that that um maybe looking at positives from it at least they'll have a guy like Goldson there beside them for for a small bit of it you know to talk him through and and I'm, I mean it's it's no um. No secret that we had a lot of injuries in our squad last year, so hopefully the the more experienced players will be able to to rally around them. And yeah, it, I thought he did relatively well for for his age, Leon King last year, and 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 a guy I hope to see um, playing for Rangers in the future. So hope hopefully he's got a speedy recovery. Um, look, Gus, we'll come on to you next, and we will talk about a guy who was injured. Another centre half for Rangers was injured a lot uh, for a long period last year, um, a guy who really, really impressed towards the, the latter stages of the season. Um, but but John Souter had a, a wee pre-season interview with Rangers TV. I think he said some, some really, really interesting comments in there. He said, for me, it's the first time in a couple of years that I'll have had a proper pre-season where I'm feeling fit and 100%. It gives you a base for, for the rest of the season. You're not catching up with the lads, feeling like you're behind you're right on it. So this next week or two will give me a great base to hopefully have an injury-free season. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, how important is it to have a, a guy like John Souter in and around the squad? First of all, Gus, and do you see him as our starting centre-half, be it in a duo or a trio next season? Well, I, first of all, I love John Souter and I do, I do hope he's our uh, second-choice centre-back next season. Um but ultimately, it is down to his injury and his fitness issues that he's had. If he's over them, then yeah, I would I would like to see him in the starting eleven. The, the way he bounced back from the Celtic game, I thought it was fantastic, um, and he adds a lot to the team. The way he carries out the ball from the back and he can split the defence with the line splitting passes. Um, but I do think he is better playing uh, as a right sided centre back, where obviously Connor Goldson plays just now. Um, and I don't think he's quite going to replace Goldson yet, unless they start playing a back three, which I think we will see a lot more of this season. Um, and we know Bill likes to have that balance of a right, uh, right and a left footer as his centre backs. The mm. centre backs that we've been linked with, like Austin Trustee and uh, Jonathan Panzo, they're all left footed. Um, so that that could affect his availability of minutes next season, but. Uh, yeah, I, I love him. I'd love him to be in the in the starting eleven. I do think he is better than Ben Davies. So, yeah, even if he's on the left hand side, I would like to see him start uh, the majority of the games anyway. There we go. Our very own Reese and, and hi to you there, Reese. He, he gives us a, a lovely diagram here or or equation, I suppose, in terms of what he feels the the hierarchy should be in terms of centre halves. 
it should be 100%. It says gold, it goes Golden Suter, Davies, Balogun, uh, in that hierarchy. I'm surprised he's, he's not got John Lundstrom in there, um, to, to be fair. So, um, yeah, um, Ben, it's a, it's a similar question for yourself, you know, and the rest of that interview. And I thought it was a, a really, really fantastic interview that, that John Suter gave to RTV. By the way, this, this pod is very interview centric, so be prepared for me butchering a lot of quotes tonight. Um, but in the second part of the interview, he said, Everyone is really, really hungry. Um, when there are a number of new boys that come in, everyone automatically has got to fight for their shirt. It's always been the case at Rangers, but even more so now with the amount of quality that has been brought in. And I think everyone is aware of that. There are only 11 jerseys for the first game of the season and everyone is going to be fighting for it. And that can only be a good thing going forward. I'll ask you the, a very similar question to Gus. Is or should John Suter be? And I feel like we should have a soundboard here. If he's fit, does he does he um make the the starting eleven for for Rangers and albeit and and I said given that we've signed Balogun I I think we will be going to a back three next year but um what what do you think would you be starting Suter? Without a shadow of a doubt he starts for me um he's he played well towards the end of the season that one mistake we all know about but as you said or Gus said he bounced back well from it um you know. It was it was it was start I was starting to see the John Suter that we saw the, the cup final against us the, the end of the previous season, um, which I thought was a sensational uh, performance. I think he's a great centre half. I think he's good on the ball, I think he's strong, um, I think he's got leadership qualities in there. Um it's it's the fitness, but but you know, if he's if he's fit, it's his shirt to lose at this minute in time. It, it, to me, he's I I don't I'm not one of these that absolutely hates Ben Davies or anything like that, but he, he's by but he's quite a distance ahead of Ben Davies for me. Um, just he just to the team in general. I just feel I feel more secure defensively. Um, I like him on the ball. Ben Davies isn't bad on the ball either. Like to be fair, but um, no, I, I just think it's. I just think he's he's a good he's a good player um, to have in there in terms of when you've got the likes of Tav trying to get forward and things like that. And even even with Redvan still learning and still learning the game and game in our country, um, I feel you know, I feel that it's it, he's an important player in there. Um just just in terms of strength, in terms of, you know, he, he works well. He, the thing is that he's been able to work well with Golson. He's also been able to work, look good himself without Golson there. Um which a lot of centre half seem to fall apart when they're not playing with Golson. Um, so no, as long as he is fit at this moment in time, particularly with the ones that we have at the club, there's 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 no question that he should be a starter. Whether we bring in someone better, mm-hmm. I'd be surprised at this moment in time. But you know, that's that's obviously a good thing if we manage to do that. Yeah, I I, I agree with you there. I think I think the only thing I would add to that in terms of I think you've nailed, hit the nail on the head in terms of John uh, Suter's leadership qualities. I, I'm no Ben Davies hater as well, to to be honest with you, Ben. But I think I don't I don't have the the stats to, to hand in terms of tackles made and interceptions and all that jazz. But just in the eye test, it just it just looks more solid, and I just I just felt it more solid. It, not to mention, I think that a, a goal against your 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 biggest rivals at home, um, a fantastic goal, something that I think that we've been severely lacking his goals from set pieces that was fantastic and and the other thing is is, is ranger passing uh is is right up there I, I, I dare i say it he may even be better at, at goldson than 
uh, for, for distribution those I just love that what was it that phrase that, that Ali McCoy said once was it that there was a bald street out the one o'clock gun and I think that he's got that in his locker and and, and more again quite a few um, comments coming in here uh, Callum Beatty here says Spec Beal might be flirting with the idea of do John Serling at centre back position to be honest that's certainly something I think we'll come on to later on Thomas H here says hopefully Davies and Suter play well enough to keep Goldson out I think that's a, a very interesting take there Hugo Bayer here says, I would play Suter in the big games. He's a good defender, can be rested in lesser games. Again, might be might be a tactic that, that, that Rangers uh, use next year, given that the, the squad size that we have. Um, but, but Gus, I'll come on to you for the next wee point here. Again, we're nearly half an hour into this podcast and we are still talking about centre half. So that's how you know when I've been in charge of an agenda and a podcast when all we're talking about is the defence. But um, you touched on it a wee bit in terms of mention uh, Panzo and Trusty, uh, both being sort of left-sided centre-halves. I think our very own Ross had a wee comment. Somebody's going to bring that up. He said, uh, I, think it's better, I think it's better to really assess Balogun signing at the end of the window. I'm certain we will bring in two centre-backs. I don't know if Ross means we'll bring in another centre-back as well as Balogun or we're going to bring in another two centre-backs. But... We know that, that Panzo seems to be the one that, that's linked at the minute. I know the fourth official on, on, on their official Twitter had, uh, you know, that we were still very much in the running discussion going on. We know that he was in loan, loan at Coventry last year, having had a pre- pretty good season there. But do you can you see a sign in another centre-half, Gus? Uh, I think we absolutely need to, yeah. Um, if Panzo's that guy, I don't, I don't really know. Um he did have a good season last year. Um, the only I do have to be honest though, the only time I've really seen him is when he came on in the playoff final, and he made that mistake that uh, yeah. let the playoff final go. Uh, yeah, that was um, not very good. But yeah, if if he is that guy, then yeah, I fully support him. But we can't be going in with uh, Leon Balogun. I think is one of the the four that are going to be starting the majority of games. Definitely someone like Panzo or Austin Trusty should be coming in. Uh, to, to fill that role. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And and, and what do you think? And I'm, I'll ask you as well, because I know, I know you're in, interested, certainly a lot more interested than myself in terms of the tactics and formations and all that that side of things. You know what? Listen, you know what I'm going to ask you. Can can you see us going to a, a, a back three next year? I can. Well, at, at some points, I think, mainly for, for European games, I think, in, in domestic games against teams at Ibrox that are going to sit in, park the bus, play a low block, I don't think we'll be seeing a back three at all um, because there's just there's just no need for having that many defenders back as much as that. Um, but I think in, in Europe, in, in the tougher games, we'll be seeing a lot more three at the back. And I think Dujon Sterling, he's quite, he's quite a good profile to have. He can yeah. play as one of the wide centre-backs, as one of the wing-backs, um, and he can play on both sides. So... I think that that is one of the reasons why he's been brought in, and we have been trialing it late into games when games have already been won domestically. So, I do think we will see it a lot more next season. Yeah, yeah, and and Ben, um, I'll come to you in the next wee point here. If we look at all the centre halves we've got, we've got Goldson out. Um, we'll see he's progressing nicely as, as Bill touched on. We'll, we'll, we'll come on to that later. We've got John Suter who seems to be fit and firing. Ben Davies. Leon Balagoon and Leon King. Um, obviously, two of those guys have got injuries. King out for for a long time. We we know that that Lundstrom can can cover at centre half. Um, 
is there a need for us to go out and and and, and get another another centre half, or or do you think would you be quite happy with that roster? No, I wouldn't be happy with that going into the season. Um, particularly with you know Champions League qualifiers being so early into the season. Um, no, I think we need another one. I I think that Davies will go. I still do, um, and I think he'll be replaced. Um, but no, I just I just think I'd be happy with that. It's, it always comes back to this injury situation, you know. I'd be happy with that um, on paper, but you know, if we if we did get an injury to to John Suter or something like that, then then look, then you know, where are we going to do Champions League qualifier with potentially Balogun um, and Davies because Golson may not be ready? Would Would you want to be going into Champions League qualifier with that back with those two centre backs? No. I don't think. Um, so no, I think I think we need someone else. Um, although if we're if we're kind of looking at the Champions League qualifiers, we need to get someone in, you know, sharpish if they're going to be playing with the team and things like that, um, and be ready for that. So, you know, you'd like to see some movement on it soon. But no, I I think I think we need a little bit more in there definitely. Yeah, and this is this is me being told. I'll, I'll stop mentioning Lundstrom as a potential centre back because as Hugo Bear just definitely says Lundstrom is not a centre back. Um, yeah, I, that that one game versus Borussia Dortmund, they did quite well. And after we switched from the back five to the back four, um, you know, I maybe need to let that go. But um, who's going to let a game that that was that good um, let go? But listen. St- Still on the defence here, Gus. Um, don't worry, we will not be moving away from defenders for, for a while yet. But we had another defender in, uh, or it was an embargoed presser that was released today at about 12 o'clock from Dujon Sterling. I remember talking to Ross Chalmers of this podcast, who was fortunate enough to be there for this is Ibrox. Uh, and he said this was the one that he was sort of looking forward to being out in the in the wilder world, uh, the wider world, uh, because he was so fiery and, and hit up for this one and, and watching it back. It was it was quite a fascinating interview. I thought um, the the first comment that I'd like to touch on that, that he said was, um, and it was it was the very first thing he was asked about. Where do you see him playing? How how's your style and stuff like that? But he said a lot of defenders now, right backs, left backs, they get judged on their stats up the pitch, but defensively they are not great. So I like to do my defending, win my one to one battles, and when the chance arrives to go forward, do that and help the team. But knowing that my teammates and manager has a trust in me to be able to defend, I don't play centre back. I play right back or left back. I can fill in at centre back, but I'm happy to. But I wouldn't say that's my strength, um, playing centre back. And right on cue, James Glasgow's comments. He says, "Gordon Sterling is not a centre back." So in case anybody didn't know it, he's definitely not a centre back. So, um, Gus, first of all, what what rather than you touched a wee bit on it earlier on about Dujon Sterling having the profile of player to, to come into the squad. I'll come on to that later. I want to know your thoughts on, on these comments because they seem, you know, looking behind it, they seem pretty targeted, I, I think. And I, I think it's a bold move for, for a player coming out and not calling out the captain straight away. But uh, it's nice to see somebody with a bit, of, a bit of fire in their belly. No, I really liked it. I really liked it. Um, I don't think it was necessarily... I dig just at Tav. I mean, he is right. A lot of fullbacks get judged on for more their attacking output than their defensive output. So, I mean, look at like Trent Alexander Arnold. He's the exact same. It's not not just Tav on here, but uh, yeah, having having someone like him that wants to defend first rather than attack, I think it's very refreshing to have in the squad because he's just completely different to anyone else we have in the in the fullback areas. Um, and I think. In in tougher games, 
when you're playing against the likes of Mo Salah that we did last year, if we had someone like Dujon Sterling to maybe man-mark him, we maybe would have got on a lot better. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked his comments, especially the ones about his mentality as well. Yeah, that's it, exactly. Uh, Darren Ali here says, Big Dujon will do for me, a defender who loves defending. And Kyle, uh, 1872, here says, good on Sterling. Ben, uh, same thing to you. I mean, where do you sit on this? I saw saw some people um, said maybe it was a bit disrespectful to to the captain, to Tav coming out and saying that, you know, given he has been here for what feels like forever now. He's the captain of the squad, obviously he's, led us in some of our most memorable games over the last 10 years. Is it is it a good thing that a player's coming in and without directly referencing them, maybe calling them out a wee bit and, and you know being a bit sort of brash in there? I think it's great. I think it's exactly what Tav needs. Tav, Tav's been brilliant. I love Tav. Like I'm, I'm not one of the ones that's you know his critic. Um but but he's had no competition. You know, when's the last time he's had somebody pushing him other than you know when Nathan Patterson um for a short while but you know, he needs somebody that's coming up there. And, he, you know, if, if the defensive element is, is what um, Sterling's good at, he knows that. He's playing to his own strengths. Um, and why not? It's confident. We want to be signing players that – there's no point in us signing players that, you know, like maybe the likes of Zukowski that are coming in and probably know right well they're never going to play. What, what's, what's the point? It's a waste of, waste of wage, waste of time. Um, and maybe this is how we get the best out of Tav again, um, which, which we didn't see last season. Um, so – at the end of the day, you know, this is what you want. You want people coming in. You want them pushing their teammates, trying to get that shirt. Um, and, and having and the thing, the important thing is, you know, we can all we can all talk a game and want the shirt, but to have a realistic chance of getting it, you know, and, and to be to be encouraged. So no, I I I'm I'm really pleased with it. I think it's really good. And um, you know, to have someone defensive to be for certain games to change it out, you know. Tav will still start. Tav should be the starting right back. Um, there's no doubt about that for me. But to, to have somebody that that, that is focused on the defence and could maybe stop a local football team from coming in at the back post and scoring against us, you know, I, I can't see that again, you know. So it's it's a good thing. It's good to have variety in your team if, if you've got Tav, if you want to be a bit more attacking. But if, you know, if, you, if you're up in a game or, or a European game or something and you want to be that little bit more defensive or as Gus said, man, mark players, you know, it's, it's good to have that variety within the squad. Yeah, totally, totally agree with you both on that one. I think it it, it will be fascinating just having a a different option at, at right back and and something that um was a big quote. Uh, it said here, uh, he said it's about competing together, but I'm not just tied down to one role. I can play many roles, so I don't fear Tav being the captain. It's about competition, and and I think that's a a real real important comment there. We've all heard the. The, the the players when they've come in and, and done their first press conferences or their welcome to the club interviews and, and every single one of them has mentioned this bio um presentation that he had and and I, I for me it was I think the biggest criticism of the squad certainly at the start of the year last year was that and Tav in particular was it did not matter how badly he played he played the next game regardless and I think that if he has a slip up here I, I think Sterling will go straight into that that squad. Um, again, a couple of comments. Thomas H here says, Tav defending is an open play isn't as bad as Bonif- Barisic, but at set pieces, he's just as bad. Um, um, yeah, but there's another wee comment here that I want to bring up from, from Jim Bax. Gus, it says, Sterling for European games. What do you think about about that comment in terms of just keeping him for, for maybe something slightly different? And if, if, if Sterling's 
playing at right back, left back, whatever. So say he is playing at right back. Do you think Tav will be rested or do you think he would be be pushed a bit further forward or is this just a scenario you can't really see happening? Well, the, the only way I could really see them both on the park is if Sterling's maybe playing at left back or as the wide right centre back with Tavernier playing the right wing back in a back five. Um, but in terms of the, the European games, that is when I would probably expect to see Sterling most playing as a right back. As I said, playing against like the likes of Mo Salah that we did last year, even Kavarit uh, Scalia last year at Napoli. If we had someone maybe a bit more defensively sound, uh, we maybe could have got on a wee bit better, but that's who knows. But yeah, I definitely think we will see him more as a natural right back in, in the European games. Yeah, I agreed with you there. And and Ben, just before we move on to the next aspect, and we leave Dujon Sterling alone, but, but what do you make of his comments in terms of, of the competition and stuff like that? Is that something that, that, as I've sort of alluded to before, have we been lacking that? Are you... Are you are you happy that they're <laughs> well? We could we could fill I think three squads of 11s at this point. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt we need a trim squad. Um, but but at the end of the day, we we haven't had competition. Um, you could have named the majority of the team. Um, for the last couple of seasons, last well maybe more than a couple of seasons. Um, you know, last season you could argue that if we weren't using Robbie McCrory, we didn't have any goalkeepers really competition wise. I mean, we we. McLaughlin's not good enough and, and, and McGregor probably should retire the season early. Um, you know, and then you've got Tav guaranteed to play at right back. Um we weren't sure on, on Red Van and he was injured a lot, so you'd you'd no competition there. Golson was guaranteed to start. Kent was gonna start with no competition up front. So the, the squad needed competition, you know, all around. Um for for the likes of injuries, but also for for to get the best out of players. You know, if if players, you know, if the likes of Morelos, for example, knew he wasn't gonna play whether he ran or he didn't run. Um, he knew he was going to play. Sorry, um, then then it's, you're not going to get the best out of him. You know, you, you should you should in theory be getting the best. Your players should be giving their all, but it doesn't always work like that, does it? So, um, yeah. the competition competition is 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 needed for for any successful team. Yeah, I think it's uh, again it's a shock horror, an opinion that split the Rangers support here in terms of what what Jim Back said there. Hugo Bear here comes up and says it's horses for courses. Uh, Captain Tav plays too many games, and, and Kyle uh, eighteen seventy two. He says, "Give me hungry, energetic, swashbuckling players." What a word that is! I think I might steal that for 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 next um, podcast as well. But uh, players like Sterling, any day the others are tired, are tired and failed over many a season. Again, it's it's not hard to disagree with that, but I I, I can I can certainly see um, where you're coming from. Um, but look, Ben, I'll stick with you on the next point here. Got. Another interview to talk about, and it was this time Michael Beale on RTV. By the way, I'm thrilled with the amount of interviews because I'm normally kicking my pants that I never think we'll get to the hour mark. And every time I'm like, oh, that's as an hour mark, I'll need to wrap the podcast up. But um, yeah, so it's Michael Beale, um, and it was really good to hear from him. Again, I feel like it's been a while since I've heard from Michael Beale, but we'll, we'll just digest some of the comments they've got. We'll start with, um, he was really pleased with what I've seen on the pitch. Obviously, a lot of tired legs with people doing over 40k weeks. I'm assuming that's 40 
kilometres and running um, the football predominantly in the morning with some safe running, but hard running in the afternoon. Lots of time for meetings, one-to-one meetings and units uh, and all the staff having real quality time with all of the players. Now, I found that a, a fascinating comment. I also found that, I don't know if you managed to catch Jack Addy's interview as well um, from a couple of days ago, and, and they both referenced this. This seems to be, again, Michael Beale is totally changing the way that from from Van Bronckhorst, it just seems like a like a almost directly opposing style. I think the Van Bronckhorst era was very it's my way. If you remember that that famous Roy McKay quote, the the tricks are for the circus when when he said it to, to Kent when he did one a, a silly wee thing in training. I think this seems much more of a a collaborative effort with the players and, and they really seem to be sort of listening to what the players need and 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 you know really honing in on, on, on their needs this time. What what do you make of that in this sort of the sort of next phase two of Beale's culture change at, at Rangers? Yeah, I don't know if it's just you know confirmation bias because we're basically all have been hearing preseason wasn't what it should have been last year and now I don't know also it seems to me that the content has been upped and uh, I could be wrong. It's if I don't remember last year as much, but it seems we're seeing more, we're hearing more. Um, but it seems, take that aside, that that everything is much more. I don't want to say professional, but it almost seems like it is. It's more organised. It's more. There's a purpose to everything. Um, you know, it, we we felt that the players weren't fit enough. He, he said as much when he came in uh, to the job. Um, and and they're, they're you know they're they're putting it in on the running, but they're also doing doing the ball work. The fact that they're doing meetings, I don't know. Again, this could have been happening before, but the fact that they're doing meetings as as units, you know, defensively midfield, I think that's that's good. Especially when you especially when you're bringing in so many players, as you say, we've brought in seven plus the two um, in January. Um, so you know to, to be able to bring them in to get to know their teammates um, and and how we're going to play, I think it, I think it's all very very good. It's very I think it's been quite insightful some of the stuff apart from maybe the the golf buggy stuff, but you know that's that's, that's <laughs> maybe to someone's taste, not not for me. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think the whole the whole staff seem there seems to be a togetherness um, that, that that there needs to be uh, if we're if we're going to be successful together. Um, so, so I'm 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 really encouraged so far. Um, you know, there's more to, more to come, but but I think we're we're moving in the right direction. That's it. That's it exactly. I mean, you hear all the the sort of management staff, especially when they're coming up and talking about it. There's 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 one word, and it's we're all aligned. You hear it in every you know the, whenever the players are speaking, whenever any of the management team speaking, it's always we're all aligned, and and that's something really good to see. And I, and I totally agree with you in terms of you know we're maybe going back to what it was like before under that because uh, if, if you remember under the Gerard era what was the word was it ruthless or relentless that every heard it all the blinking time um and, and I certainly think that we're going to go back there but look lots of comments coming in here Gus before we move on to the next week quote um Hugo Bear it's a really simple one I think we can all get behind this I like Bill I think I think we all do I think we'll like him even more if he if he brings us a couple of trophies next season um but Paul McGarrigal here I think this is a fantastic quote and I'll be really keen to get your thoughts on this he says Bill is going pre-season uh, pre-55 season with fitness um it, it's really hard to disagree with that I think uh, again massive criticism towards the team I think when Bill came in towards the later, latter half of the season we did look a lot fitter um, but it, it, yeah it's fair enough especially with the amount of running videos that the, the clubs uh, punt out at the minute but is this important Gus that we, we get back to a level of fitness that is 
much better than everybody in the else in the league, basically. Definitely, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why we won that league title is which we could just keep going and going and going, and we would run over teams, and we just would never stop. And I think the word relentless, he did use that a lot, and I think he was right because you had to be. Um, but yeah, we need to get back to those kind of levels because last season under Van Bronckhorst, we we didn't look fit at all, and. And I think Michael Beale knows that. So getting back to those levels is very, very important, I think. Yeah. And uh, look, there's a couple of comments here. Kyle Eaton says he's going back to basics, fitter and bigger players than the rest of the SPL. Win the fight first, then play. Again, fantastic comment from, from yourself, Kyle. And Paul McGarrow, another good comment here, says the players had an input into pre-season training. They want the energy and the fitness to go three 120-minute games in a row. And, yeah, I think that it's so clear. You can see that from all the preseason stuff. It's been a, it's been really fascinating. I've really enjoyed enjoyed watching loads of the stuff. But look, Gus, I'll I'll come to you here in the next week comment that, that Michael Beal here said. Um, Beal discusses uh, the aforementioned Sterling, and he discusses some of the injured players and gives us updates on them that are. Uh, some of these I wasn't expecting. He said Goldson's really progressing well. If I remember correctly, I think he'll be back maybe three, four weeks into the season. Was it was it ten weeks when when he picked up his injury? So I think he'll be back three, four weeks into injury. It's good to hear. There's there's no setbacks there. Tom Lawrence and he said he's he's ready to rejoin the team once we are home. So I'm assuming that means he's going into full contact um, with a with a, a ball at his feet. Um, and the other one that he mentioned was Roof with his two sessions under his belt. I've literally just used this comment so I can say that that stock waller already working his magic. But um, and in all seriousness, how important is it is it having guys like like this back um, roof especially? Because again, we can insert the soundboard here. If he's fit, he's the best striker finisher at the club. Um, and Tom Lawrence as well. I I was a bit surprised to hear that, that he would be back. What what what's your thoughts on on Tom Lawrence integrating into this this team? Well, I'm, I'm very excited to see what Tom Lawrence can bring next season because I think before his injury, he was one of our best players last season um, and he was impacting games very well. Yeah. Um, I don't want to use the cliche, he'll be like a new signing, but I think he <laughs> kind of will. Um, and he's and it's a position that we've got a lot of competition for, so he's going to have to fight for his position as well. Um, but in, in terms of Kemar Roof as well, you know, he finally went for that operation, so you would hope that his injury worries are behind him because I think he still could have a part to play next season as well. Yeah, it, it will be very, very, very interesting to to see him. I I was a bit gutted when when um, when Lawrence was was injured, and, and every time I talk about Lawrence, I can I can feel that lover puddling twang behind me going. Uh, we should have used. We've got five subs. We, we should have used them. And, and you know what? I, I totally agree with with JB on that one. Um, Reese here says, <laughs> and it made me laugh. This comment last week as well. We said, "Come on, Roof is Santa because because you never see him." And Paul McGarrigle here says, "Roof's hip injury could have been the reason for his injury. Now he's had it. Let's see what he does." Totally agree with that one. Oh, there's lots of Roof comments coming in here. Will Roof even still stay fit until the 18th? Um, yeah, we'll we'll swiftly move on for that. I feel like there's been a lot of pods where we've discussed uh, a, a lot of um, uh, a lot of content about about Kamal Roof coming back from injury. But look, um, we're sort of nearing towards the the end of the pod here. But there's still a good couple of things to talk about. I want to talk about the 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 um, Desser presser that was that was on um, was it yesterday, Ben, I believe, and, and I thought it was a really really good press conference that was that was out there. Um, there's one 
question. I'll come to you on. Uh, he was asked last season was a big disappointment. Do you believe that you've had the characteristics to embrace this new challenge? I'm at a good age. Twenty eight is the perfect age when you are physically still at the top level and you've gained experience from the past years. It's the perfect time to play for trophies and hopefully win some trophies. The mentality of Rangers is clearly present in this team, and I want to be a part of that. I think I can bring some things, not only football wise but mentality wise, to the dressing room. I think he talked about having having won a, the cup in Holland, but I mean. This guy, I mean, what have you made of of Cyril Dessos so far, um, and and what did you make on this um, this 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 sort of uh, press conference? Because I, I thought it was I thought it was fantastic, and and all the noises that this guy's making, I I cannot wait to see this guy pulling on a, a blue jersey, especially Ibrox. My first point was was he related to Michael Beale because he can really talk, you know. <laughs> um, you know, if, if, if he plays as well as he talks, you know, he really came across very, very well. Um, you know, I think the questions on the likes of last season being a bad season, he's going to be playing a totally different, you know, last season he was playing basically what most of the, the our opponents will be, sitting in and, 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 you know, trying to keep the score down as such or grab a point, whereas now he's going to be playing in an attacking team all being well um, and, and taking the game to teams and having far more chances. So, um, you know, I... I was a bit worried by his goal return and his records and stuff. But, um, you know, he certainly, he has talked very, very well. He um, seems to really talk up the club every time he's, every time I've heard him speak in any way, he's talking about the, the club, the, the stadium, the fans. Um, and, and he seems to be really, really excited, actually, and wanting, wanting to embrace this opportunity. It's a great opportunity, you know. At the end of the day, he's played in some good leagues and stuff, but, you know, he has come he has come from a poor season and he's now getting to a club that could be in the Champions League. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's, it's, a good, it's a good move for him. Um, I'm... I'm encouraged by him. I really am. I think I think it'll fit in very well. And the fact, you know, one of the bonuses from from Balogun coming in, going back to that, I know we're back on defenders. Um, but one of the things is he, he mentioned that he had talked to him from from the international squad and stuff. And so he's he's already got somebody in there that he knows. Um, and and will be able to will be able to have a friendship and sort of you know will integrate him pretty well into the squad. Um, so I, I thought it was a really good interview. You know, you can tell. I think he said he'd, he'd been a lawyer, and you can tell. You know, he's he's very articulate. Um, so no, I, I'm encouraged. Yeah, likewise. I said I, th- I thought that the, the, all the stuff that he's done so far, even the behind the scenes stuff at RTD, was a fantastic watching, a fantastic insight to him as well. And I think that you know. He'd, <sighs> If if he backs up what he's saying, he he will be a, a great success at Rangers. Um, look, Gus, I'll come to you in the next question that I thought was really interesting that he was asked in that press conference. He was asked, what else can you bring aside from goals? And he said, I don't have a target regarding goals. I have targets regarding team achievements, but of course I can offer more than goals. I think I've shown that in the last year's I can be important off the ball and pressing the other team and receiving balls high up the pitch and relaunching the attack. When we have the ball, I can do multiple things. Play with the back to goal, short combinations. I can go deep, but I think I'm best when facing the goal. These are attributes that are, can um, benefit the team. I mean, it's it's good to have a guy a guy this confident um, coming into the squad here, Gus. And and out of all the the new signings and, and whoever sort of remain at Rangers, who can you see him linking up with uh, the best and? And and where do you see sort of some of the the relationships flourishing? What what players can do you think will work work well with with Dessers? Uh, well, I actually think a, a front two of Dessers and Lammers would be pretty good. You know, I've watched a bit of both of them, and I think <clears throat> Lammers he really suits that split striker role. 
as the kind of guy who's operating on the kind of outside of the box, getting to the byline and cutting the ball back. He was really good at that. And Dessers should be there to, to score all the goals. I mean, he said in the, the press conference himself that he's confident that he can replace Alfredo Morelos. And, <laughs> uh, I really hope he does. Um, but the pressure will be on him from the off, especially after the fee that we've paid for him. Um, but after watching a bit of Dessers, I, I am confident that he will score goals in Scotland. He maybe didn't last season in the, the relegation battle with Cremonense, but I think in, in Scotland, especially domestically, I think he'll do fine. Yeah, and and while we're on that, I'll bring this up. Some of the media questions were dreadful, bringing up Neil Lennon and, and that. It was so odd. And then the other one about the, do you know who, uh, who Todd Cantwell's favourite journalist was? Or maybe what did I expect him to say to that? <laughs> Utterly, utterly bizarre stuff. Yeah, I totally agree with that. There has been some odd questions lately. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, you bring me on to my, my next point quite nicely there, Gus. Um, I'll stick with you just on this one. There was a bit of social media speculation. There was a post, I think it said something like, um, Rangers want Danilo, Danilo wants Rangers, make it happen. And then the man himself popped up and, and like said post, What's your thoughts on, on Rangers bringing in a, a, another striker? I mean, I think he'll be an outlay by all accounts of about €5 million. Euros. Um, can you see him linking up well with, with Dessers if, if if we do bring him in? I know you said that because he was asked that question in the presser, Desser, Dessers, did, do you, you know, can you play in a front two or do you prefer playing in a front two or can you prefer playing in a uh, like a three? And I basically, he basically said whatever, but what do you think about that? Especially because Danilo, I think, has he scored the second goal in his second game for, for Feyenoord in, in pre-season. So he's fairly putting his, the zeros on the end of his price tag. But w- would you be happy with a guy like Danilo coming in and linking up with Dessers? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, he looks like he can play in a front two as well, Danilo. Uh, he looks like he can play as one of the kind of runners. Like, you know, mm-hmm. how Seymour, maybe Seymour Matondo would normally play. Um, mm-hmm. Because he's got pace and he's got uh, like he's agile and he can get balls into the box but he can also score goals so I think we will see a lot of variation in the, the front two or front three this season because we've got a lot of options now I mean even the likes of Sam Lammers he can probably drop a bit deeper uh, we've got Sima we can also try and put in wingers um, but yeah I don't know if the social media stuff was real I don't know if oh, him yeah. like if I don't know if it was real or not, you can maybe let me know. But um, <laughs> yeah, if so, then yeah, I'd I'd love it, especially just having a Brazilian striker at Ibrox. I mean, how exciting is that? Yeah, a hundred million percent. And there's definitely a joke in there somewhere, Gus. But I won't I won't make it. That would be very childish of me. But Ben, look, I'll, I'll come to you here on the, on the last sort of comment. Um, Callum C and and I see this. There was a lot a lot of chat about Kamara going today. Um, rumored fees again for about about five million pounds for that one. We know he's been linked with Besiktas and and Turkey and Leeds, which kind of surprised me a, a, a wee bit. But um, I mean, if we if I think if a bid comes in for anything above sort of three four million from Leeds, I think he'll be Oski. But would you see Danilo as a good good way to to reinvest that money in the squad? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think regardless of who goes, I would like to see Danilo coming in. Um, to be honest, he had me a Brazilian, you know. Um, but I just, yeah, I think I think we need we need the options. I think it also would take some of the pressure off Dessers in terms of him not being the only one, so that he's not relied upon every single game. Um, you know, 
I, I still think Cholak will probably go as well. So I think I think he'd be a good signing. I think he would um, link well with the players. I, I'm quite excited for Seema as well. Um, I, th- I think they'll, they'll, they'll work together and I think it'll be interchangeable. And, you know, with, with, with Lammers there as well, being able to, as, as Gus said, he can drop deep, but he's, he's also looks, he looks capable of, of playing up there too, if he needs to, or, or playing off, um, playing off the striker. So I, I think, I think Danilo would be kind of the, the, the final piece of the jigsaw up there um, in terms of attacking. Um, you know, we, we lost, we lost quite a few options up there. Um, and, and I think this would, this would be good just to sort of, you know, put it all together as, as such. Um, him, him, Sifuentes, and, and a centre back, and I'll be pretty happy. Yeah, that's it. Um, we've got here RFC seventy two says it's smart business. Will be very cheap. Uh, oh, that's the wrong comment I brought up there. Sorry, RFC seventy two. You had another good one. Two good comments. There we go. Uh, Raskin, Sifuentes, Cantwell, Lammers, and then Dessos and Danilo would be very exciting. It's it's really hard to, to disagree with that. Paul McGarrigo here as well just says Kyle Sifuentes news. Unfortunately. Don't know any more than than what you guys know, uh, but I mean, I, he's a guy that I'm really, really excited to to see, and and I really hope he that he does come to Rangers. By all accounts, I think he had his was it their last game or something like that last night. Um, one more, so I think they got one more. So yeah, we'll we'll see. But I was going to go. I was going to finish it there, and I'm putting you both on the spot here. I'll come to you first, Gus, on this. But Paul McGarrigal asked a final, really good question, and he says, Kyle. Say we get Sifuentes and Danilo in, what's your team for the Champions League qualifiers? So, Gus, uh, I'll, I'll let you start. And the, by the way, the last time I was asked a question like this in a podcast without any preparation, I think I named about 14 players. So just count them. <laughs> all right. Just make sure you only name 11. All right. Right. Okay. Well, um, we'll go with Butland, obviously, in goal. Uh, mm-hmm. Back four of Tavernier, Goldson, Sutter, and Yilmaz. Mm-hmm. And then a midfield three of Raskin, Sifuentes, and Ryan Jack. And then oh, uh, Cantwell as a number 10. And then mm-hmm. the front two will be Dessers and either one of Danilo, Sima, or Lammers. I think that's a very good lineup. Get get uh, let us know in the comments if you agree with that, guys. Um, and Ben, I'll, I'll ask the exact same question to you. Have you got a very similar team there? Yeah, it's quite similar. Um, it depends on the depends on who we get and the, uh, the opponents and whether we're talking home or the away. But um, I, I same same back four. Um, and then I would go if we're looking at a more attacking. I would I would play Cantwell in the midfield with. Um, Raskin, um, and then I'm, I'm 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 torn between this front, um, this front player, these front players, um, but I would probably I would probably like to see Lammers playing in in, in the sort of number ten, um, and I would like to see um, I'm trying to make sure I've got enough players in here, but um, I would I would like to see Danilo and and Dessers playing up front together, um, and I'm I'm trying to work out I'm a one short. <laughs> Uh, well, let's just say you are for argument's sake. You can pick one more. I'm, I'm never going to say no to anybody putting 12 players in the pitch for Rangers. <laughs> um, maybe we'd get Ryan Jack in there as well. Yeah, so it's so funny you've said that because he was the last one that I was not sure whether or not I'd play, but I've went for, for Jack in there as well. I've gone Butland go- and goal, Tav Suter, Davies, Yilmaz, Raskin sort of sitting... Uh, uh, protecting the back four then I've gone for for 
oh, or maybe Jack sat to take the back four. I don't know. Maybe Raskin a bit further forward. We can't well. But my front three, I've gone for Dessers through the middle and 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 Lammers and Sima as the as the sort of wide um, ten as as they've been described before. RSE seventy two here says Butland, Tav, Suter, Trusty, Panzo, Yelmaz, Raskin, Sifwent as Jack Cantwell, Danilo Dessers. Oh, that's a tasty lineup if if we sign some of those players and Butland, Tav, Balogun. Suter, Ridvan, Sifuentes, Raskin, Cantwell, Sima, Danilo, Danilo and Dessers. So, yeah, if that was the team that we had for, for the, the, the Champions League qualifiers, I would be, be very, very, very happy with that. But look, guys, that just about wraps it up. We've just gone over the hour there. Plenty to talk about, as always. If you haven't already, just remember, give us a like and subscribe on all the usual channels. Um, I don't know if this has been mentioned on a podcast yet, but we are now on TikTok, whatever that is but i know that that some of the some of the guys and have been doing really 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 good videos on that i mean I, so much so that even i've watched a couple so go and check that out follow us and this is ibrox at tiktok if you haven't already but just want to say thank you to both my guests um thought it was a really good pod from yourself tonight gus thank you yeah thanks very much good to be back on that's it and um ben it's uh back to back to dad duty for yourself thank you for for taking a, a bit of time out of your busy schedule for for joining us on this one Oh, cheers. Enjoyed it. Good to be back at the first one done. That's good. Right, so we'll be back uh, with you all on Sunday. I said I'm not quite sure who's who's on or, or is hosting that pod, but go check it out. It'll be 8 o'clock on, on This Is Ibrook's YouTube channel. So take care, guys, and we'll see you all then. Podcast Network.